0: Registration is open. Spots are filling up. So check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com helpingfriendly helping friendly to learn more. Hey everybody, it's RJ from the Helping Friendly Podcast. We have a special episode for you today. One day away from Halloween, we were able to talk to someone who played a, a key role in the 2009 Halloween sort of mystery and reveal, if you all remember the the albums that were getting murdered every day, um, and then at the end, right before they came out on stage to play Exile on Main Street, there was a 4 minute and 20 second, exactly, video that was played that um, Showed all 99 albums, the artists, the songs, and um, we, we talked to the guy who who made that happen, Justin Bolanino, who's a friend of the pod and has been on before. But um, this is a YouTube um, premiere video that by the time this goes up, you'll be able to click on the link in the show notes and watch the YouTube video, which is about 13 minutes long. This full conversation is about 25 minutes long, we wanted to put it out there so that everyone in the HF Pod family could hear the conversation and hear some of the stories that Justin tells that got cut out because of time. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Please uh, click on the link in the, in the show notes to see the video. It's really well done by um, producer Alan Berry, who's been doing a great job with videos for Osiris, um, including um, putting a lot of Tom's videos for Under the Scales together to, uh, to, to and out there in the world. Anyway, we'll hopefully see a lot of you in Vegas. Um, We'll be doing a couch report from Vegas on uh, Thursday. And otherwise, we really hope you enjoy this and hope this kind of amps up the anticipation of Halloween a little bit. So have fun. Be safe. Keep on rocking. Hey, everybody. I am here with a a special guest, two special guests. One is uh, Tom. Hi, Tom.
1: Not so special, but hello, thank you. <laughs>
0: and uh, our other special guest is Justin Bolanino, who is the founder, and CEO of Meta Fish Fan, friend of friend of ours. Um, hey, Justin. We can go with moderately special guests. Moderately special guests. So the reason we're here, we're um, it's just about time for Halloween 2018, and we've been well for Osiris. We've been doing a Halloween contest. We're doing all kinds of cool stuff around Halloween, but. Um, we started talking with Justin a few months ago because Justin was involved in what I think was the most um, interesting Halloween probably ever, and you you played a, a part in that, and we're going to talk a little bit about how, your part and how that all came together, but we'll talk about the lead-up and all that, and, and I guess with people probably know by now, but we're talking about Halloween 2009 uh, from Indio. And Tom's going to share some of his memories, and Justin's going to talk about his involvement. So... So let's let's maybe just dive right into to India because it was the first Halloween obviously of 3.0 but also the first Halloween since 1998. It seemed like they were probably pretty psyched to get back to what had been an amazing tradition for so long.
1: I I have 76 memories uh that I want to share, but uh the the weird the the, the most amazing part was, you know, this is a festival and a Halloween, which was probably why you said it was the most special Halloween. Um, And I agree with that 100 percent. Plus California, which was unusual, uh, plus 100 degrees, plus in the sun uh, and just a beautiful grassy um, field in the middle of the desert. It was just a stunning place to arrive. I knew nothing about it. I know I know lots of people, you know, have seen there's all kinds of festivals there and stuff. So some people were familiar with it. I was not and I was just blown away and everything about it was just incredible. And in a way, this was kind of like the makeup fest for uh, Coventry.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And so, Justin, you're professionally, you you create sort of events and experiences, I guess, to oversimplify what what you do. But this was to get your take on like the experience leading up to the Halloween with the the game, with the 99 albums and, and all of that. Tell us just from your perspective about about how that kind of rolled out I guess and and the importance of something like that engaging fans and sort of creating an experience
2: we should start with the marketing campaign for the festival because that's really what's at the heart of this entire thing and it's also something that that fish typically doesn't get enough credit for like all other things so I was watching the CNN the 90s show on Netflix the other night and it's an entire hour on the There it must be a thousand different bands they cover Ah, uh, one by one, all the different genres. You know, the '90s was such an unbelievable hotbed of, of, of newly create new genres of music. Just amazing stuff. And throughout that entire thing, literally, Fish was not mentioned once. And they're cutting through bands, but it's really incredible. You know, who sold probably millions of tickets. But anyway, also don't get appreciated enough for. Their marketing abilities in this particular thing. This was 2009, right? So hopefully, some some folks out there remember. But there was an online uh, an online campaign. So in every single day, it would refresh and uh, do something new. So you had 99 different records, kind of horizontally, and you could scroll through horizontally. 99 of the best records. Of all time, and of course, all the records that everyone's always rumoring about being the one that Fish is going to play. Automatically, a dagger would fly towards, you know, six or seven of them a day, and it, they'd get daggered, and the blood would drip down, and then those guys <laughs> were out. And so, you know, from a marketing spect- perspective, they had all of us hooked on this thing where every day we're refer- going back to the website. And refreshing, you know, to see which of the different records is going to get stabbed. At the time, I was representing and wholly obsessed with um, an audiovisual remix trio out of the UK called Eclectic Method. And so what Eclectic Method would do is they would take music videos, movies, TV shows, and they would chop it all up. And then they had DVD turntables, so they would cut and scratch all the videos and audio uh, at the same time. These two things came together, and, and I'm, I'm, it's funny, I'm looking at that proposal that I sent <clears throat> uh, over to the folks over at Fish, and it's presented October 22nd. And so what we did was we said, wait a minute, so what if we took all 99 different records and cut up all 99 different records and created a video. You know, the conditions of this pitch were also very important. The conditions were that at any given time, Fish had the right to just say no, including after delivery of the final assets.
0: The the album game was happening, and that was really cool, and, and hopefully people will be able to see some clips from that while, while they're listening to this interview. But um, do you... Do you remember, like, did you just reach out because you're like, they should, this should be part of the thing because it's because of the album thing they're doing and because of this other influence you had? Or were you asked to, like, help in some way? Or was it more of just like a proactive pitch?
2: This was a 100 percent cold effort. Okay, (laughs) this was I didn't know anyone. Our proposal was to cut 99 different pieces of content into this thing. And so. Basically, they were like, all right, go for it. And the terms of our contract are, if they don't take it, we get a $1,000 kill fee. One whole $1,000. <laughs> and if they take it, we are rich because uh-huh. we were given 2500 whole dollars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome. That's, uh, that's $2,009, though. So it was a lot.
0: So you had nine days to do this. So,
2: I mean, this was like a Herculean effort, right? We had this huge spreadsheet... We got everyone we could find to agree to help us. There was this huge list of all the 99 records, right? And then all the different ways that we could find content. We had people ripping DVDs. We had people ripping from YouTube. We had people t- TiVoing stuff. I mean, just anything we could to make it happen. And so then the next day is a test mix on the 23rd. So, So in two days, we sent, I think it was like one little chunk of it. And basically, this was kind of the, the fish-like tension and release of the project the whole time. It was like we'd make a chunk, and then we'd send, you know, never, never did I get to interact with the band, of course. Like, there's always, every, the whole creation was done uh, through the management. Mm-hmm. So we'd make a chunk, we'd send it over, they'd go, cool, keep going. And we go, but any feedback? And they just go, no, cool, keep going. <laughs> and so we just kept going.
0: And did you, and you went to India. Um... Did you guys have to do stuff on site or was it just like a handoff and then hope it all goes well from their side?
2: The getting to India in and of itself was an entire other uh, story, you know, is just one for the fish record books. Uh uh Fish is like always teaching you lessons, right? It's like the lessons of nature. And one of the lessons of nature that fish taught us at this time was like, if you really, really badly want or are hungry for something they're gonna make it really hard for you to get that thing, right? (laughs) And so with all this anticipation built up, you know, I flew out there, I think I had three copies of the DVD. Actually, check this out, here's one of the DVDs. And we arrive and the dude that, the original dude, and I I, I don't wanna name him, um, but he- uh, Please name him. This dude was just a total, total character, had this uh, big, long like Lincoln town car, went to his place and we're like, all right, Let's go. Here we go. We're going we're going to the, the fish show. It's their first Halloween and, and, and all right, just a second. I got to go get my costumes and then, you know, and then we get in the car finally. All right, we're going. Here we go. Let's go to the and then oh, by the way, I have to pick up my girlfriend at the airport. One thing after the next. I just led to us missing the first set.
0: Uh, so Tom, did was your experience getting to India similar, or or did you have a an easier time?
1: Um, because I know the laws of physics that Justin's talking about, <laughs> I always kind of try to get to festivals and stuff a day early, and uh, was rewarded with um, this sort of empty RV field and just one amazing huge bus on the middle of the field and i'm like oh man my rv isn't here and i walked up to it and it said tom marshall on the side (laughs) and i was like holy shit and there was like a a, it was that no one had arrived yet so there was like a taped bag of stuff on the door and it was really cool swag like it looked uh you know some shirts some it was just amazing stuff and the rv keys and uh I was right next to the stage pretty much. And my pass allowed me to go through the door right to the stage. And I thought this is going to be super convenient because it's hot as fuck. And uh, we're going to want to ha- come back here for beers and air conditioning uh, on the set break. Well, not so much. The The security was so tight that um, all my friends had to walk a quarter mile to the main entrance and then a quarter mile back, it was like taunting. My my RV was right there, and yet we had to walk all the way around. So by the time we got to my RV, we worked for those beers. <laughs> uh, and just uh, let me just do a quick side note story about that. Um, imagine the heat. I mean, I, everything Justin said about the first set—it was the first set, even though you missed it—was uh, was amazing and very, very, very hot. Like uh, that was kind of like overridingly hot. Not quite oppressive, but hot enough that you needed. Uh, you needed a break you needed shade and you needed liquid uh, when it was over and um, the uh, you know like an oasis in the desert my RV was waiting and we had just made friends my my whole group and I had like probably 10 people just made friends and I'm going to use monikers for their name or not not their real names in case they don't want to be I hadn't asked them if they can be used in this story, so I'm going to call them Sam and Elizabeth, a married couple. <laughs> Sam that was a Sam and Elizabeth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's a special forces guy, and uh, we had attributed tons of like assassinations to him and stuff, and like you know incursions and really like <laughs> incredible stuff. But like all those special forces guys, he didn't. He never said a thing. He never ever you know ever bragged. Never so so all the stuff that we said about him was all made up Guys, Sam uh, had this wife who uh, I guess she got like caught inside her head in a weird way you know too many chemicals of some kind so she made it back to the RV first and we were all excited and we walked into this big group to the RV got there you know it was the biggest letdown because the door was locked but we're oh. like oh cool Elizabeth is in there hey Elizabeth and we knocked on it and she's crying and I'm like Elizabeth, uh, uh, the door's locked, and and you have the key. Remember, I gave you the key. And she's like, I know. I'm like, open the door. And she's like, I can't. <laughs> she couldn't open the door. And Sam, meanwhile, standing in the back of the crowd, quiet, kind of smiling, like, now you guys get to see what I have to deal with. So finally, I just turned to Sam and said, Get the fuck in there. And he looked at me, and I got to say, it was the most amazing thing. He like palm hit the screen, and it popped off. Uh, over over the uh, passenger side, he stepped on the wheel, slid the window, and was inside and opened the door. And I got to say, seven seconds. <laughs> it was the most. You know, he walked out with a big smile, and, uh, <laughs> oh and it was the most amazing special forces moment. But anyway, <laughs> thank you, Sam and Elizabeth, for that <laughs> incredible, incredible memory, and thank you, Fish, for that incredible bus and the incredible
0: concert yeah so let's talk about the concert a little bit because um and I want to ask you Tom about the music like the lineage with the Rolling Stones um a little bit but and I should say I should have said before we're going to see Justin's video at the end of this um so so you'll be able to see that people who are listening and watching so they they come out at the beginning of the second set Justin and that's when your that's when your video starts and and hopefully we'll be able to get a couple clips of sort of the crowd reaction um but the way it played out going into the actual set was was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I mean, you said it. So what eclectic method did it? It's not just a video cut; it's music. So you're now you're talking about ninety nine completely different types of music, keys of music, rhythms, melodies, all, dynamics, all these different things that are at play, and to then make something not only musical out of that, but musical enough for fish. Then we started on October 22nd, according to the timeline. <laughs> it's completely miraculous. And I mean that capital M. And that's the way it felt. Like We had this thing. And by the way, it was exactly 4 minutes and 20 seconds. Not by design. But it's exactly <laughs> the last note hits on 4, 420 exactly. Thank you, fish granicity. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, one. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, but still, I have these three DVDs, and I roll up, and now it's it's Halloween Day. I text with Colton, meet up with Colton. He comes out, you know, uh, of where I wanted to be, and you know, I give him the DVD. We <laughs> shake hands, and he says, "All right, we'll let you know," you know. And this is like, like two in the <laughs> afternoon, and I'm, you know, all that refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. You know, like you think it's gonna happen. You think so? Not until six o'clock. I got the text from Colton. We watched it, it's on. So I didn't, all that anticipation, I still did not know whether or not we would even be showing this thing until, what, two hours, three hours before it happened.
1: When you got that text, you must have been like, drinks on me, ladies and gentlemen.
2: (laughs) You know, it's funny, it's like, with all that anticipation, I my memory of that moment was not that it was like oh my god
1: here it comes <laughs> this <is gonna>
2: happen <laughs> oh what if people don't like it you know? right right <laughs> the whole, right like, the whole thing but yeah and and it, you know I think the we and and this was a mandate on my behalf was we had to start with thriller we had to why I don't understand just trust me for this crowd you got to start with thriller so we did it and it opens up with a little slightly extended segment of thriller so when it, in, in fact thriller was playing there was like a it might have been a remix of thriller or actually thriller was like playing and then the lights come down you know people start cheering and then the first thing you see is the very first scene in thriller where you know he ducks away and comes back as the as the werewolf Yeah. Uh, and the fucking place went absolutely insane and <laughs> you could tell it was they went insane and you because you could hear and you can also there's a video of it you can hear people going oh my god it's gonna be thriller you know so like one last little fishy and twist right before they came on where where i think a lot of the people were convinced that it was going to be thriller and the whole stones thing was just a fake out Uh uh for like five seconds
1: you know? five seconds they had they were able to hold on to that and then it was like you know onto stevie nix's face or 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 whoever the
0: clash so tom you um obviously you grew up you know uh, discovering a lot of this music the some of the artists we've talked about and i think probably the rolling stones too and you guys you and trey had discovered a lot of music together um where did the stones fall into that category were they won like yes and genesis that were sort of on heavy rotation for you guys
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, like you mentioned Yes and Genesis because because like I remember our, my high school with Trey being sort of focused on progressive rock. And for me, it was that narrow focus. But Trey like had a super wide focus already. And uh, no, he totally discovered the Stones and especially that album before me. But I remember him talking about it and um, it exactly the moment he discovered it. And it was, I think, in 10th grade at Princeton Day School, um, he went to a party where there was some a senior who had this amazing stereo put on um, uh, the beginning of, of this album. And the first song is Rocks Off. Yeah. And it was a super loud stereo. It was just him and the guy who who put it on in this room. And it was really loud so that the rest of the house could hear it. And Trey just sat there. didn't care about the party anymore. He was just like, holy shit, this is good. and And then he said the horns came in uh, after that second chorus Mm -hmm. and it it knocked him out. And since then he was just like, that was his favorite album, favorite Stones album. And and just that's when he kind of told me about it. And I just remembered it later and finally got into it probably years later. But always remembering that one, like, you know, keep that one. Trace said that's a good one and kind of didn't really get into it for maybe five, six, seven years after that
0: and do you guys i mean tom maybe you can say first what did you think of the set that fish did i mean was it was it pretty special i mean compared to you've seen every halloween show i think right
1: i've seen every halloween show and that one um you know there's been special guests and stuff but there was something so killer when um the you know walking up onto the riser behind the band uh this horn section uh you know strode up and then Fish, very matter-of-factly kind of came out and just started playing and it was like it was it was really super surreal especially after that video because the end of the video and Justin you're you are credited for this uh showed the most and the stones are cool without trying but this had to be like the coolest footage of them right before walking on stage and they're just so incredibly cool. And, and, you know, it's like Keith and Mick and they're walking and they're talking to people in the hall and Fish kind of, you know, that was their walk onto stage, so to speak, because all of a sudden that Rock Soft started. And it was uh, totally like the movie that Justin made that you're talking about right now completely worked as the intro for that. And the anticipation, even for people who didn't know that album, was off the charts. It just stunning and and delivered every, every that in many ways my favorite festival and in many ways my favorite halloween at least top three of both of those
2: wow wow that's so crazy to hear <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and- well, that was, uh, was cocksucker blues which is very hard to find but we knew we had to find it because yeah that's the scene that scene it starts in their dressing room and then they just slowly walk through kind of the back hallways, you know, the cinder block style back hallways, and yeah, there's people on road cases and you know, and they're saying and they slowly walk out. And that isn't in our video. Uh, you see at the very end you'll see Mick and that's where it starts, but we cut that. That's the 4 minutes and 20 seconds because they didn't want they didn't want in case it leaked they i think they didn't want it getting out that's how protective they were
1: they're uh, definitely on there though right this sounds right at the end of the video yeah yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. the
2: blues that that's from and then the, right. yeah they walk onto stage and yeah that's all by design and then fish walks onto stage but yeah there was a certain there was a certain soulfulness to it like a delicacy that 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 could at any time you know be corrupted and it never was that night i think that to me that was my biggest memory of that that particular set and also shannon or Sh- uh, sharon jones
1: yeah
2: shannon sharon jones is like the there was like a giant pumping heart at the center of that stage and that woman
1: there's another yeah. force a force to be reckoned with on stage yeah, yeah i agree
0: so guys, we're going to we're going to watch um this video and let people see it. Um and I guess before we do that, Justin, this is like really cool to hear the story behind this and, and hear your memories, Tom, but Justin, what was the um like after this was over or even looking back now, what were like uh, a couple lessons that you that you learned or or reflections back on this project?
2: Oh man. That is a big question. <laughs> if you're gonna do something of this stature charge more than twenty five hundred dollars for it,
1: <laughs> and leave yourself more than five days to do it
2: yeah i'm kidding no i mean i think i think there's a thing that happens right and i see this enough with with my career and i'm where you can see it you can see that you can see the final thing in your mind's eye and it's real mm-hmm. and you have to just chase that thing no matter what you just have to chase that thing uh and you know these like the eclectic method guys the, they are were three british club kids they hated fish you know it was like fish was like the Completely not available to them at all, and they were still able to somehow make one of the fishiest possible things. You know, like it. The the there are forces out there, and I think you know, the fish creates synchronicity. They they have crea- they've created a mechanism uh, 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 that generates synchronicity. To a scale that is that is unthinkable, and I think it like a black like a black hole. It sucks everything, you know, around it in, um, into all these different layers of, of alignment. You know,
1: it's uh, very well said. I I totally agree with. Uh, there's so many different ways of expressing what you just said, but it totally makes. Uh, complete sense it's so true there's this amazingly intricately woven multi-dimensional web that if you get involved in any way uh with with fish uh you know or doing something either you know with them or even getting to a show uh you're involved in that web in some way and everyone knows every fan knows exactly what we're talking about (laughs) i love that
0: not and the not the least of which is the music, right? Like I remember, I I just I knew mo- a lot of those albums when they were going through the ninety nine album game, but there were several that I discovered because of that, and I've been discovered so much music because of Fish. I'm sure everyone listening like can can identify with that in some way. It's it's pretty crazy. It's a it's a big it's a big force of nature. We're lucky to be a part of it. Um. So all right, let's let's play the video. Um. We're gonna let people watch that. Um. And Justin, just want to say thanks for coming on and sharing this and putting this together and um, making it a part of uh, what, what Tom said is, was, you know, one of the best Halloweens ever. My pleasure,
1: gentlemen. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Justin, and thanks, RJ. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the N.Y. Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
2: Are you all right? Get away!
1: here? No, I'm enjoying it. Hey. Oh I'm to be me- Time, 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 space, space,
2: Ah, ah, space. Then what we got here now? of the Mambo. Papa was king of the Congo. Deep down in the jungle, I start banging the congo. Every Mokela like to be in my place instead of me. I'm the king of Bongo, baby. I'm the king of Bongo, Bongo.